ESPN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. What an interesting day. And I, I kind of say you hear the chuckle in my voice because, you know, what comes up must go down. And there was a lot of a roller coaster trade action going on in the markets today. We're going to find out all the details today with PJ Conrad with Trade Us. And uh, some say it's the crop too, or others say that the market's just finally realizing uh, how good and how bad things are out in the countryside. What are you hearing? It's probably a combination of both. Uh, crops here always uh, unearth good and bad things, and, and there's for every bad spot, there's a good spot too. You know, you can and I just cherry pick and say that southeast South Dakota uh, crop tour found a lot of bad corn there. You talk to some people, they're going to find some really good corn. So, you know, I do think uh, the the problem areas though, when you take Nebraska and, and they touch a lot of dry land areas too, kind of the northeast part of the state. And if you live it here locally, obviously you know it's been a dry summer, and really that's a piggyback off how dry a winter we had. Um, so yeah, Nebraska's off, and you're starting to get into western Iowa, and you're not hearing the home run yields. I guess the the real big looming question is is what's all that mean moving forward, and especially from a demand standpoint, uh, can demand Stand in there, you know, we're back above 650 on the D board. Uh, another run to seven, can we get there? You know, that that's the uh, million-dollar question. But it seemed today, just pushing for what we know, it's hard to say we're going to forge new highs for sure, but even breaking out of the range we've been in for more than a week would seem to be a hard thing to do just for the time of year. And although there's, there's people in the field, we still don't uh, have the combines rolling yet which just touch more vast acres and a better idea of what yield's going to be. You know, I saw a few on, on Twitter um, from the southern part of Nebraska that had some combines in the field, and the, the comment was a little too early but a little too late. And I thought, boy, does that really sum up the growing season for so many, not only, you know, in our part of the Midwest, in the Western Corn Belt, but as you move to the folks to the south. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the whole Western Corn Belt, call it, uh, and, and Central Plains down to Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, just been a tough year. It's been dry. It's been hot. We had windy, windy, hot, cold weather in the spring. It took for a while to get in the field, and once we were in the field, it uh, didn't give us the rain. I think that's exactly, you know, you look at the forecast next week, and they're showing some 7- to 10-day runs and some pretty widespread rain. Uh, Kansas, eastern Nebraska, Iowa, et cetera, and although those are they're great rains and can help add bushels, if you got the crop there, obviously it's not going to hurt anything to get some rain now, but for some it's uh, too little, too late, unfortunately, and that seems to be the story, especially in Nebraska, like you said, for combines rolling already, it's not what you want to see, and I thought that maybe two weeks ago, not saying I thought we'd get a rally, but just corn was turning brown pretty fast and just not something you want to see in late July, early August. Uh, but here we sit, you know, August 24th, and uh, some people harvesting already, and some people are going to be getting after it a lot sooner than they want. You just hope maybe we get some surprise bushels, maybe the hybrid held in better, but it doesn't seem like it from some of the pictures we are seeing. Do you think, though, any rains that we do get could be a, a final closing help to the soybeans, or are they, too, just a little bit too late at this point? 
You know, R.J. O'Brien put some stuff out yesterday and was talking through that exact thing, Susan, and, and really their crop roundup of uh, brokers around the country that they do business with, that was the big underlying thing is, hey, corn's going to be what it's going to be. Uh, a light shot rain does not hurt anything right now. It's going to help help the stuff that's there, maybe add a little bit, slow it down, let it pack some test weight on. The boy soybeans have the potential now to really get maybe to, to that 50.5, you know, 51.5 type national average. And so, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. And, you know, I don't know, we both probably read a lot of the, a lot of the same stuff, Susan, but I do think it's interesting. The other comment that comes into play in all this is how much of this is, yes, dry weather, but was there a cutback in fertilizer due to prices that's also leading to maybe some lower yield type values? So what kind of pressure, because I had had a conversation last week with an economist down at uh, K-State, and we were talking about the whole ethanol and the corn shortage. How much of a pressure do you think that might be putting on this ethanol market moving forward? Uh, definitely. You know, it's interesting. A lot of these ethanol plants, this is a normal time of year for them to take shutdowns or slowdowns to work on things, clean out bends, uh, you name it. But from my understanding, the profitability is definitely not what it was when you start talking to oil at, you know, 90, 85, 90 bucks a barrel versus 120. And I think to me, when you start talking demand and seven plus dollar corn for any prolonged period of time, what does that do to demand? And, you know, the question is, well, how can we shave so much off demand? You know, there's certain things that you would think would be static kind of type numbers, but uh, ethanol is obviously a big one that could flip pretty fast. You know, they're they're for profit as well, so if it's not profitable, they can slow things down. Uh, there's obviously different points of profitability within that slowdown, but right now, you know, assuming say we are short cropped, what would your re- relief sign be besides you know higher ethanol or oil, higher oil prices to push the market higher again? Um, and, you know, the export market, heck, we, we exported some to China today. It seems like every time you turn around, we're exporting something, and that just brings in the whole world equation of uh, Europe's dry, uh, and so is China. So what, you know, who who's raising the big crops? South America is going to have to step up. So I think now maybe more confidence of thinking uh, we get post first of the year, and if South America is looking great still, you know, then you could see uh, a pullback. But it seems like at least putting a – a floor on our pullbacks would seem to be more realistic today than they were 30 days ago. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We have a lot more coming up as we continue on this Wednesday version. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. It's time for the Fontenelle Feature. I'm Joe Gangwish with Fontenelle Hybrids. We caught up with new dealer Preston Smith from PJ Smith Seeds, who co-owns his business with his wife, Jana, in northeastern Phelps County. So, Preston, tell us about how you got started. We got started with Fontenelle in part for the excellent products that we saw out in the field, but also because of the great people within the brand. Everyone is so supportive and will do anything to help you succeed as a dealer, which in the end helps the customer succeed. Well, you did a lot of research. Tell us how you decided on Fontenelle. I really like the focus on Nebraska and, and products that work locally. As I started to make contact, I just really felt at home with everybody that I met within the brand. And I know you hear the, the Fontenelle family get used a lot, but that's really what it is. It, it truly does feel like a family. If you'd like to join our Fontenelle family and become a dealer, 
Just contact us from the website at fontanelle.com. VN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation with PJ Conrad with Trade Ask. Of course, uh, we left going into the break. You brought up China, and now they're back in the markets again. At some point, hopefully we see a more stronger shift from South America to, to U.S. beans, for example. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that's – there's a couple wild cards that you kind of look at the market now and think, well, what – I think, well, what could tank it? You know, I think that's probably the opposite of a lot of farmers think, well, this thing should go higher. We have supply problems, uh, which I'm not going to argue that. There's obviously issues out there. And the question you got to ask yourself is how much of that's going to be dictated by basis. You know, you might be in your local area or, you know, five counties south of you is in a bad spot. Basis is going to play a lot of that out. The futures market doesn't necessarily have to give you anything. Um, so, Looking at that and you look at demand from China and you look at demand from other areas, where's this corn going to come from? What else could be fed? Um, when you talk Europe and China both being dry, and really you know, our, our main cattle areas are very dry. So you look at the western corn belt and say basis is going to be extremely strong. I mean, we're already running, you know, 40, 50 cents better than, uh, you know, if you look at the western part of Nebraska, southwest part of Nebraska, already stronger than where they typically are. And I'd say, you know, whether it's our guy in Alabama or a guy in northern Iowa, on average, you know, there's a lot of harvest values that are 10 to 25 cents better, depending on your local geography. And so that, that whole cake pan situation is getting played out now and will comp- continue to be a big deal throughout the year. Uh, but globally, what happens, you know, anytime you got China start talking about, uh, uh, firing things into the air to try to create rain. It doesn't exactly give you warm and fuzzies about uh, what our weather pattern could do moving into 2023 and forward either. What I think is really cool about you guys at Trados too is the fact that you've got guys all and gals all over the country. So you're really getting some in-depth look at what's happening, for example, in, in Alabama, what's happening here in the upper Midwest and other parts of the country. Yeah, most definitely. You know, and I, Friday we're on, uh, we'll have John Fawner down our Alabama office on uh, uh, the, the weekly roundup you have, Susan, mm-hmm. and it's just a great perspective, and he was just talking today how the Gulf's, you know, on average 20 cents better than what it typically is, and, and you know, that is kind of surprising to the tune, or was surprising to him to the tune of things, that the eastern Corn Belt rails very easily down to the Gulf, so is that telling us there's a problem in, you know, the eastern Corn Belt? Not necessarily. But what it is telling us is everybody, every end user is trying to get their hands on it in case there is a problem. So I think that's that's truly the fear, and I, you know, the fear of where the commodity markets could go. And this is kind of outside of our realm, but you got home home values or new home availability took a massive jump last month. So that means you know, the mortgage world and all that's slowing down as this all trickles back through the economy. Um, if there is a massive sell-off, which there really hasn't been. Yeah, we've sold off a lot in the stock market, but there hasn't been the the real rip the Band-Aid off down lower. And that's kind of where my fear is, is you can throw all the the supply issues that we have at it now that's rallying. We've thrown a lot of bullish news at this corn and soybean market. And I know the, the American farmer is going to say, well, you know, people still have to eat. It doesn't matter. And I would agree, like, whatever. It shouldn't matter, but it's going to. So you can't let your perspective 
of the supply issue cloudy yourself from all the bigger picture things of interest rates potentially still going higher, uh, macroeconomics tanking that it could lead to a very big whipsaw of effect across the entire uh, financial sectors of a sell-off. And I think that's personally probably what scares me more than anything because you start talking those type of pullbacks that potentially could happen. You get, there's no catching them. They're going to go if they're going to go. So even here at 665 or so or 660 making sales, you know, we bumped up resistance at 675 on the beans and, and 1485 or 675 on the corn and 1485 on the beans and couldn't bust through them today on a closing basis. I really, I guess, not fearful, but, you know, if I had to shake my crystal ball up here on Wednesday afternoon and say what's, you know, what could happen, I'd say rain slotted for a good chunk of the Midwest next week. You could definitely see that the short-term highs coming in now and a sell-off before harvest because even a small crop creates a glut at harvest time that will then sort itself out post-harvest in conjunction with the South American crop. There's lots of things that are happening within this market trade. Real fast, what's your one thing you want folks to watch going into Thursday? I think going into, you know, going into Thursday, I think you just got to be cognizant. And honestly, you could throw all the fundamental stuff out and just focus on where you're sold and are you comfortable with a dollar higher and are you comfortable with a dollar lower. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7529 or find us on any social media at Tradeoffs LLC. Well, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.